Coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by way of Stone Mountain, Georgia, birthed by the great state of South Carolina, is the Bryant Land Country Podcast, your place for any and everything in hunting, fishing, sports, and outdoor related, with heavy doses of randomness, guests, and an all-around good time. Here's your host, proud Gamecock, South Carolina forever, AB3. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Brian Land Country Podcast. Thank you for coming in, checking us out this week. Appreciate you downloading the podcast and taking a listen. This intro is going to be super, super, super short because I have a really long interview. It is with Corey Bryant, no relation, president of the Buckwild Hunting Club in Sparta, Georgia. I found the club. I found Corey on Facebook, just looking at some of their videos, looking at the club, you know, all black hunting club down here in Georgia. And I wanted to find out more about it. I wanted to know the history of the club and just talk to Corey and, you know, just get the 411 on what the Buckwild Hunting Club is all about. Like I said, we had a great conversation. We went for about an hour. So that's going to make this intro really short. So I'm going to fall back. We're going to roll sound. And you guys listen to my conversation with Corey Bryant from the Buckwild Hunting Club on the Bryant Land Country Podcast. Bryant Land. All right. I have the president of the Buckwild Hunting Club, Sparta, Georgia, Mr. Corey Bryant on the line. No relation, but Corey, what's happening? Uh, man, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing good. I'm glad that we were able to set this up. Like I said, I've been kind of following your club on uh, Facebook and just seeing some of y'all pictures and videos and stuff. And it seems like y'all having a good time. So I was like, let me reach out and see if I can get this cat on the show. So thanks for joining me. All right. No problem. So let me get started. Buckwild Hunt Club. Just... Tell me what that name means, what the club is all about. Is there, Did you start the club? Like, give, give us a little bit of history. Actually, actually, no, I did not start the club. Our club is 37 years old. My father and another guy by the name of Clifford Plummer, they started the club when I was little. Okay. And it was, it, the club, the club started, is that, it actually was, it actually was five of them. Uh, the original five members was my father, who was Kenneth Bryant, Clifford Plummer, Darren Sharp, my uncle, Jimmy Bryant, and then a guy by the name of John Porter. They started the club on 50 acres, and originally we were bu- uh, we were Broken Arrow Hunting Club. That name was... that They came up with my uncle Darren Sharp. He came up with that name, and... That's what we were originally. But as we grew, as I was growing up and we grew, we began to take notice of other clubs around us. So we we started in um, Buckhead, Georgia on 50 acres. And we grew from there. From there, we moved down to Sparta, Georgia. Got a little bit bigger track, about 500 acres. And we boarded up with this other club I can't remember what the name of their club was, but they 
they liked our name. They liked the way we were growing. They liked our idea. So we merged up with them and we moved to, we had land in Sparta, Georgia, and then we had land in Norwood, Georgia, which is Warren County. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm familiar with Warren. Okay. And, um, if you get off at the Norwood exit, mm-hmm. we had as far as you can see on both sides, I think we had about 3,500 acres Wow. on both sides of the expressway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, we merged, we merged with another club and it was all good for about three or four years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as, as within the club, when you get too big, it become, it become issues because you start getting people from all different walks of life. And it just, for some odd reason, it didn't work out. Right. So, you know, we, we left, but they took our name. They they kept the name. As a matter of fact, the guy that ran that club, he took the name and went on, and he had, like, a TV show for the handicap. Oh, wow. And, yeah, uh-huh. And, and they, they, you know, they t- took handicap hunting and, and, you know, did stuff with Wounded Warriors and things of that nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we we went, you know, me, my father, I mean, I was still in high school. Okay. But uh, me, my father, and the you know original guys, we went from there all the way to Rootville, Georgia. It's in Heard County. No, where now that's is that South Georgia? No, that's West. It's like uh, near Carrollton, just out of Carrollton. Okay. It's in Heard County. Yep. Okay. And we 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 hunted. We you know we was like we was looking for a place to hunt then. And um, to be honest with you, we we called a lot of hunting clubs. My dad we responded to a lot of ads, right? And we we would get down there and we we talked to them on the phone, and we would get down there. And then when they see us in person, they would, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that without saying it, right? But I they know. would see us in person, yep. And they show us a little track of land here and then call us back and tell us they were full. Mm. But we did find a a club. In um, a small hunting club in in uh, Rootville, Georgia. Okay. They took us in, and Clifford Plummer. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I, I owe him so much allegiance. I owe him a lot because he 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 taught my daddy how to hunt. Okay. And if anybody ever think that I'm a good hunter, this this guy he was a, he was a North American champion archer when I was a small. And it's rare to see a, a, a colored guy do that. And he was, so he taught me how to shoot the bow and arrow. He taught my dad how to shoot the bow and arrow. He taught us how to hunt. He taught us everything. Everything that my dad taught me was taught to him by Clifford Plum. So it, we got in the club because of a guy he knew. Right. Well, when we get in the club, we, you know, we were woodsmen. Uh, we went, we scouted, you know, we found places to hunt. We hunted at places where nobody would go. Right. We cut trails. We went in. And we were successful. I mean, I killed my first deer ever in Herb County in that little club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being in the tenth grade. Wow. And and we, we hunted there for one year. Mm-hmm. We killed we killed game. I mean, we all killed night. I killed, you know, a couple of dogs. My dad killed nice bucks. Mr. Clifford killed nice bucks. My uncle killed deer. And after that year they put us out. <laughs> wow. So basically, <laughs> all right. So yeah. let me let let's let's back up. Let's backtrack a couple of things. Here, what that is mm-hmm. bananas. Okay, so for people 
listening who may not understand what woodsman is, just break that down for us. A woodsman, a woodsman is somebody who, you know, when you when you look at TV, they make deer hunting so easy. Make it you look can go easy. And you, they make it look so easy. You can go, you can sit over this food plot, sit in this shooting house. Seven o'clock, the deer gonna come out. They're gonna walk out and they're gonna present themselves for you to shoot. <laughs> it is not like that. Not at all. It's not like that at all. You have to know natural foods. You have to know what the deer are doing at certain times of days. You have to know what they're eating at certain times of years. You have to know what sign to look for, you know, rugs and scrapes. Right. Um, when they do these signs, uh, what kind of trees to be around, what kind of acorns that they're eating. There's certain kind of acorns like pin oaks and red oaks, they'll fall first. Then the white oaks will fall, you know, mid to late October through November. Then after that, the water oaks start falling. And they'll eat a variety of acorns, but the white oak would be their favorite. You have to know this, though. Right. And, you know, like I say, Mr. Clifford taught us to know that stuff. You know, he taught us to hunt the muscadines during early bow season. Mm-hmm. He taught us he taught us how to make food plots. I mean, before food plots got popular on, on TV, Mr. Clifford had an alfalfa plot at our club. You know, he, he taught us, he, I mean, he is, you know, he is our godfather, you know, if you want to say. He, right. he taught us everything. He's he's the head of our clan. And him and my dad started, you know, my dad was, you know, was a businessman, but Mr. Clifford was teaching us all how to be a woodsman. Right. Just not and, uh, not just the, the basic skills of archery and, and learning mm-hmm. how to be a good archer or to shoot a bow, but just to recognize and learn the environment. And yeah, learn re- environment. recognize and learn how to conserve the environment, how to be out in the woods, how to be safe, how to be successful. Right. Um, what what did to shoot, what did to let grow. Right. Man, that's, yes. that's awesome to be able to sit under the learning tree, if you will, from somebody like that. And then just yes. to just soak up all that yes. knowledge. So now he puts yes. you guys, well, let me back up. The club that you were, the very, very first club that you guys were in, it was uh, mixed. So it was black no, it was and a, white. It was or was it? Okay. The very, when they first started, it was, it was, it was though, you know, the original five on okay. 50 acres, all okay. black. Okay. Um. Then when we grew, when we grew, we were still all black. When we went to Sparta, Georgia, we were still all black. Mm-hmm. But when we merged with the club in Warren County, that yep. was a mixed club. Okay, out in Norwood. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, it, it was it was a mixed club. I I like Warren County. I, that's where yeah. I got a little. It, it's a great place to hunt. It's very similar to Hancock County. Is it okay? Yes, because mm-hmm. I I've been hunting out there for probably about three or four years. Now I got a little little plot out there. But I like mm-hmm. it. I I like Warrington. I like you know just that. I grew up in a small town in South Carolina, mm-hmm. so I love okay. the the small town feel. You know, you go and the same three guys sitting out front in the gas station, and, yes. and, and yeah. they know who you. They might not know your name, yes. but they know your vehicle yes. and your face. And hey, young fella, yes. how you doing? Like, <laughs> like yes. that yes. stuff you don't bother stop. me. <laughs> we used to stop in Warrington when I was little. Okay, we, you know we camp when we first started hunting in the club in Warren County, we still camped in Sparta and we would drive back and forth every day. Yep. We would stop in Warrington and a lady would let us pick pecans off of her tree. She, I mean, 
she would let us get pecans and pears out of her front yard. See, you yeah, can't, yeah, you she, can't do. What? They don't make it. They don't make them like that no more. You can't. You can't do that in Atlanta. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. We baby. stopped, and she said, "Hey, you got a lot of pecans. Yeah, get what you want. It's a pantry over there. You can have them. Yeah." Man, see that, and that—that's why. I like Warrington. I like Warren Warren County, and that mm-hmm. you know, for it's all said and done, eventually, that's where I want to make my home at because I just like that that small town feel. But anyway, and, and get, you, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What you, and you know what? That that I'm the same way about Sparta. I, you know, I, I've been hunting there since I was knee high to a grasshopper, and I mean, as a matter of fact, my wife is from Sparta. Okay. I met her down there while we were hunting. <laughs> nice. And yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I you know I plan on doing the same thing when I can retire. It's, go down there and, and stay. And see, when I was looking at land, I was looking at Sparta, but Sparta is still close enough, so to speak, that it's not quite Metro Atlanta, but it's close enough where it's got Metro Atlanta pricing on land. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna tell you the the thing in Sparta is is you got a lot of people with Sparta being under quality deal management. You got a lot of people that you know they come in, and they got a lot of money they can blow, and they they take notice to that, right? And they come in and they buy tracks of mm-hmm. land, and they they try to make it look like what you see on TV. <laughs> now, uh, when you say quality, quality deer management, QD, QDMA, real quick, what is what is the the quality deer management there in Sparta? Uh, Hancock County has been in um, quality deer management since the year two thousand, and you know, in every other county, you have to have you know you the tag for judges. You have to have one book has to have four points on one side, right? And the other book could be a cool book. Yep. Where in Hancock County, all the books you take have to have four points on one side. And when you say cold book, they can be like a track, what yeah, we kind of call like a trash book where they got maybe like well, one yeah, point a spike or, a spike. or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. And just, just so you know, the reason why I'm asking you to break all these terms down, I know these terms and a good bit of my audience does, but a lot of my audience are either new hunters or people that's mm-hmm. just getting into hunting. So that's why right. I want to just break these little terms yeah. down to them. So, yeah. all right. So you guys, y'all left Norwood. You went west. Mm-hmm. You got killed. Everybody in the club out west, which is mm-hmm. a recipe basically for you to get kicked out. Yeah. So yes. what's next? Then we we came back to we came back to Hancock County. Okay. And we we joined in with a couple guys that had a small club in Hancock County. They had. They had a um, they had probably a uh, couple hundred acres. Okay. In 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 the community, as a matter of fact, the tracks that they had when we got there, we still have them. Our club still has them. And this was these was these were all black guys. Okay. And we joined up with them, and we made a home. As a matter of fact, our our, our camp is still in that community. And we, you know, we first from there, I mean, I started really learning. I, by that time, I was probably a senior in high school. And, 
you know, I started really learning how to kill nice bucks, not just kill what I see. Mm-hmm. You know, I started I started to really learn how to kill nice bucks. And with my daddy, he was he was the type that if if we hunting and we if we see a track of land that's next to the track of land we hunting and we go there and kill a deer and we see it. Mm-hmm. You know, he made friends with people in the community and hey, well who leasing your land? Who leasing your land? And my dad was all about growing. And so, you know, before we know it, we when we first got there, um, we were, you know, five or six members strong. Um, more of the people that used to be with us when we was in the mixed clubs, things of that nature, they came back down to join back up with us. And we started to grow. Before you know it, we were 10 members strong. After that, we were 15 members strong wow. with more land. Wow. You know, getting bigger and better in the community. Mm-hmm. And we flourished. Man, we flourished all the way up until, and, and I'm going to go, I'm going to skip all the way to 2008. We were about 25 members strong. We had about 1,100 acres. Twenty-five members. That's good, man. Everybody got a nice little, little chunk. Oh yeah, man. I mean, and you know, as as when you hunt with some guys, we had a lot of land that didn't get hunted because right. you got some guys they weekend warriors. Right. So all the time they can go they hear, the weekend. If they hear, yeah, yeah. If they hear, oh man, he killed a deer over here last weekend. They gonna try it out. You see what I'm saying? Right. They, so in 2008, we were, we were doing good. I mean, we had went. We had a a nice camp, you know. We got running water, electricity, and we we bumped into a we bumped into a lady that was she was having some issues. She had some other guys, I'm gonna say, mm-hmm. on her property. They was occupying a place where they wasn't paying her. Mm. They hadn't paid anybody in ten years, and she's like, I don't know how to get them off my property. And my dad said, Well, hey, we know how to get them off. You give us the lease on the land, that's the lease of your words. And so she said, well, yeah, we paid the lady, and we went down there, and we showed the guy a lease agreement. And these people had a family house that had been there since slavery. These guys had a bulldozer was about to bulldoze these people's house down. Wow. Yeah. They were about, and we pulled up on them, and my dad said, hey, hey guys, you know, how you going? Real nice about it. It wasn't no kind of hostility or nothing. Real nice. Say, hey, guys. Right. We got the lease on this land now. And the guy said, well, we got the lease on this land. I said, well, who are you paying? He said, we paying XYZ. Well, that lady been dead 10 years, so who you really paying? And, <laughs> and wow. they looked like they had seen a ghost. So to make a long story short, we got it. And that's, that's why it's the same place our camp is now. And I tell you, it's... It is the most beautiful place you want to lay eyes on. It really is. And not to and mention, not to mention the historical value. Have you guys thought the about like value. the house is still there? The ha- house is still there. Have y'all thought about trying to get like some sort of kind of like protection or like a historical landmark or anything like that? Actually, actually, no. But we have made some improvements with the place alongside the family. Gotcha. We have made some improvements to the place. And you know, we actually we actually wanted to rebuild the house for them, but they like it the way it is because it's the house they grew up in. A sure. lot of it's the house their family started in. 
Sure. Yep. So, you know, it, it's, it's got a lot of sentimental value. I mean, they, they have their family reunion there uh, once every other year. Oh, wow. And we host it for them, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, Great relationship. And, uh, and so this is the area down in Sparta that you were saying. So what what's your, yes. what's your membership look like now? Right now we are 30 members strong and we have 23, uh, just a little under 2,400 acres. Man. Now how, because I've seen some hunt clubs and they'll go in and then a member will have like a – like two areas or like a primary area and then like another primary area or whatever, like, and they mm-hmm, develop it mm-hmm. up and then you have like, um, I guess like the club, what they call quote unquote club stands that are open to it first come first serve. How do you guys, right. uh, divide up such a large area like that? Or do you even divide it up? Like how, how do you well, attack we, such we, an area? Okay. Well, what we do is we have a lot of, we have a few, close to 10 shooting houses that are over nice size food plots. And those are club spots. I mean, the club maintain the food plots, mm-hmm. club maintain the shooting houses. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's mainly for, it's mainly for um, people with children yep. or, you know, got members that we have that's up in age that, you know, I don't, I don't feel comfortable. You know, they don't feel comfortable with climbing stands. So they go and they use the shooting house and they have some good success. They really do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have taken my son down there, and we have we have taken a few deer. So they they have good success. And then for the guys who climbing stands, you know, each member is allotted one primary area. Okay. And that's the area where you can have your, you can make your own little plot, food plot if you want to. You know, whatever you want to do. You know, they just recently legalized baiting last year right. in Hancock County. Right. So. Yep. If you want to bait it up with corn, you bait it up and, you know, each member, you know, have one primary area, but, you know, guys with climbing stands, you can float. I mean, we ain't restricting you to that one area. Mm-hmm. You can float, but we just ask everybody to respect each other's primary areas. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. What Now, what's the size of the primary area and then how do you kind of divvy that off? Like About, about 200, about, about a square, a 200 yard square. Okay. Okay. Within within respect reason, sure, you know? sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, that's that's awesome. Now, what what about you? Like, as far as like your hunting style, your your hunting method, are you big on the baiting? Do you help or? I, the... I don't. I don't bait. Okay. I, I don't like it. Okay. I don't like it. Not. I'll tell you why. Okay. It's a couple things. The biggest thing I don't like about the baiting is hogs. Wild hogs. They. They, they had we had wild hogs in Hancock. We would see them once every now and then. Mm-hmm. And while what guys would have their feeders out during the summertime, mm-hmm. we would see them. And once this season would start and people stopped filling up the feeders, the hogs would go away because mm-hmm. no more corn for them to eat. Right. Well, now since they legalized baiting, everybody pumping corn in the woods. You know, uh, a wild hog is a nuisance animal. They right. gonna mate three times a year. They are gonna have twenty pigs every time they mate. <laughs> right. And and now we seeing hogs everywhere. Right. And they hell on food um, plots. It's hard. They hell on food plots. Yeah. Oh man, they root up. They they eat whatever stands still on there. They eat the bark off a tree. Right. And and that's that's 
that's my biggest thing. But the other thing is when you when you start congregating deer, like a deer is a natural browser. They rarely, very seldom eat in the same spot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but when you start congregating deer to feed like that, that's how you start running into problems like the northern states ran into when they legalized the baiting. Uh, the chronic wasting disease, blue tongue, yeah. um, mad cow disease, you know, other deer ailments. You know, that's how you start running into those afflictions when you start. It's just like a bunch of people drinking out the same water fountain or something. Somebody got the flu or everybody drinking out the same straw. Right, right. The one guy you, got the flu, everybody going to get it. Right. You up your uh, up your chances. You up your chances, yeah, of, yeah. of, of, of ailments. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't... You know, to each his own. I'm sure. not going to denounce it, but I pride myself on hunting natural foods. You know, a true woodsman ain't just going to hunt over a corn pile, in my opinion. Now, that's my opinion. <laughs> you know, I don't want nobody to be mad at me. No, I it, and it's funny because, like, doing this, like, doing the podcast and then doing, like, other stuff that I've done with the brand, like, I get to see, like, all the different like i'm in a lot of like facebook groups and stuff and mm-hmm. man people are just so disrespectful like it's one thing like how me and you sit here and we having a conversation and we talking about you know like different methods and talking about baiting and all this other stuff mm-hmm. and we just having a civil conversation it's just something about that keyboard man people get on there and they just lose their mind and oh yeah well. and act like their way is the only way and if you don't do it their way then you know, piss on you and something wrong with you oh, yeah. and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. I've always been the opinion, man. If you can do it and that's what you want to do, go for it. I mean, yeah. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna right. knock, you know, somebody that want to hunt over a food plot or you know, like you say, finding sources whether it be acorns mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, right. natural browse or whatnot. Shoot, right. As long as you out there and you enjoying yourself and you ain't bothering nobody. Go for right. it. You you are, you are exactly right. It gives the it gives the average Joe a chance to get in the woods and have some success. Right. And see game. You know whether or not they take anything or not. It gives them the brand new beginning hunter. He can go in there. And he can see game. Right. And in front that, I pray that once he starts seeing the game, he'll really take the time to learn how to hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what it is, man. It Because even with me, like, I tell people all the time, you no, know, like, I really didn't start until late. This is probably, like, my, I think this is my fifth, fourth or fifth season, full season, actually, you know, hunting, uh, duck hunting, you know, mm-hmm. goose hunting, deer, hogs, turkeys, bow hunting. Like, I love bow hunting. That's, as a matter of fact, I bow hunt the whole season. Like, I, I've never picked up a rifle the rifle hunt deer. Oh, that, that's great. Or uh, anything that's like great. that. Like, I'll bow hunt till January 1, and, mm-hmm. then, you know, and then I'll go either try to get on some hogs before turkey season starts. Now, I've killed turkeys mm-hmm. with shotguns. You know, I've killed a turkey with a bow. Most of them, all my hogs I've killed with a bow. Like, I, I love bow yeah. hunting. But mm-hmm. the thing for me like the last couple of years, especially, you know, having like my own little space where I can kind of do my thing is learning. Mm-hmm. Because when I first started out, yeah, I was big on corn. The thing that really got me off of corn really fast, raccoons. 
Got tired Raccoon. of it. Yeah. That got oh, me man. that got me off of corn real quick. And then it was like, okay, yeah. I found like a supplement uh a pellet feed. And then I found a pellet feed that, you know, is powder. So it keeps the raccoons mm. away. And then so you you feeding and you can see like the deer growing and and whatnot mm-hmm. along with their mm-hmm. natural brows. But then it's like once you get off these little areas that you know, where you got like a feeder or whatever, and you actually take the time, like you say, go through the woods. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. There go a scrape. There go a rug. Right. There, there go, you go. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? There like, you go. There goes some yes. poop. So if they yes. pooping all down this trail, right. it's like, okay. Right. And when I first started, even still to now, like I love ground blinds because they're easy. They're easy to get into and whatnot. But mm-hmm. once you go deeper in the woods and you start seeing scrapes, you start seeing poop trails and stuff. It's like, all right, I'm going to start experimenting with a climber. So I bought a climber this year. So I'll, mm. you know, start experimenting with that because they at least that, like you say, make it mobile. And you can get into the woods and you can get into places where that they are that most people mm. wouldn't even think about going. Or they... I want so, to share a story with you if you don't mind. Yeah, like no, go for year, it. My first year ever hunting a ground blind was this season here Word. and we got we got a, a spot we got a spot down there on, on the club that we were seeing a, a large congregation of hollows mm-hmm. and so a buddy of mine he put he put this ground behind there and we started baiting it up heavy to keep the hogs there mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. you know and so i went and got in the ground blind you know seen some hogs seen deer uh, we, um, my buddy, they took two hogs, um, two nice size hogs, but it's, it's one down there about three hundred pounds. That's the one I want. But they taking, you know, a couple nice size hogs. But I always use a climber. I won't get in a ladder stand. <laughs> I won't. I mean, I will get in a shooting house if I have my son with me. Mm-hmm. But I won't hunt no other kind of stand. I got a climber, and that's what I used because when I was, when I was, um, when we were at the club in Norwood, I think I was 13. Mm-hmm. And one of my dad's good friends, I call him my uncle Ron, but he, he had, he was a new hunter and my dad was teaching him how to hunt. Mm-hmm. And we had this spot at the club in Warren where, you know, my dad and Miss Cliff and myself, we had found a little hunting hole, nice big acorn grove. And we, we, we were killing deer, having good success. And we come down there one weekend, and some guys had Bill stand in there. And so my dad went to the president. My dad was the vice president of, the club, of that club. Mm-hmm. He went to the president and said, who built that stand? He said, well, some guy found a nice spot. He said, well, that spot was already found. Um, <laughs> so we just going to start using that stand from now. Well, me and my dad, it was early one morning. We, we took off walking. And we walked all the way back there, and we walked my uncle Ron to the tree. And uh, we stood there, and, you know, we, we would, my dad would walk him to the tree. He would walk me to my little stand and watch us get up, and then he'd go on to his stand. Well, we watched my uncle Ron climb up to the last rung of that little ladder stand they built. Mm-hmm. And they had put 10 penny nails in it. I mean, they inadequate nails. Oof. And we watched him fall 30 feet. Oh, my God. Yeah. And my dad had to go get help. 
So I had to, a 13-year-old kid had to sit there with my uncle, listen to him cry, holler. He passed out a couple times. I woke him back up. Mm -hmm. And that experience right there <sighs> patterned the way I did her. I won't use anything but a climber. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to safety on at the bottom. I'm going to, you know, climb and push my safety harness all the way up. Yep. And I'm going to descend and pull my safety harness all the way down because I just don't trust it. Wind blows a tree. I don't care how hard you nail wood into a tree. When wind blows a tree, them nails going to move, that wood going to move. Yeah. And the integrity of that goes down. And I know a lot of people, back in the day, that's all they had. But it's, it, I just don't, I don't like it. Yeah. And see, my thing with the climber, like the start, because I put up a couple, you know, a couple hanging stands. I put up a ladder stand. Like the very first year, I put up a ladder stand. I didn't mm -hmm. like it. Um, it 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 just didn't turn out to be like a good area or whatever, and I didn't want to keep moving it every summer mm -hmm. or whatnot. Um, I put up a couple, like I said, a couple of um, just regular hanging stands. Those I don't mind, but I I could be wrong. I just feel like you have to let those cool off a lot longer. Right. Then, mm -hmm. like, if you hunt them, like, you know, back to back, or if you hunt them, like, you know, like, right. every other day or whatever, it's like the deer get hip to the job real right. quick. There you go. There you go. And it's just like, all right, I done took the time. I hung this stand. I didn't hit the timing right because I can't hunt every day. So I'm, you know, just mm -hmm. going when I can. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to hunt this spot today. And mm -hmm. I didn't hit it right for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Even if I didn't see the deer, that don't mean they didn't know I was there. So, right. you know what I'm saying? They already done got hip to it, so now I got to let it cool down. I don't know. And I was always, like, the climber thing, for the reason that you were saying about, you know, the accident and stuff, the climber was always, to me, that scared me more than the hang-on stand. Well, well, I tell you, you know, when I when I first started hunting, I used some old Baker-type stands. It was like a wood platform, and he had the metal, and, and the tree stands have evolved, but from you know I talked to you about the safety aspect, but from a from a hunting IQ aspect, mm -hmm. a ladder stand restricts you because that's where you gotta go. Right. You know I'm a big wind hunter. Okay. Or I'm, and I'm a big trail hunter. Like you, you might find a great spot, and you say, yeah, they're coming through here. Mm -hmm. But when you say if you took your hang on stand and put your hang on stand in there. And when you get in there and start hunting, all the deer, especially from a bow hunter mm -hmm. standpoint, all the deer you see in the 75 to 100 yards away. Right. Well, if you got your climber, the next time you go in there, you can scoot 25 yards towards them. Right. You can move in. And it's right. you know, more more of an ambush effect. Right. I got you. Right. I got I'm, a firm, you. I'm a firm believer the first time you hunt a spot, is your best chance of having the most success. Man, say that out loud. Say that out loud one more time. Hey, you know. <laughs> Man, real quick. Hey. I was in a blind. I waited I waited all summer to hunt this blind. It's a little food plot. I planted the food. It was the first time I planted the food plot in the area. It's a couple of pine trees and then like an open area. And I planted mm -hmm. a food plot in the open area. I watched mm -hmm. it all summer. 
still doing good. Deer crossing, they cross over it, they stop and nibble, and they cross over. I call it five points. They can come from mm-hmm. five different areas in mm-hmm. into the food plot. I hunted it last Thursday. I still mm-hmm. feel some kind of way about it. That's the first time I've hunted it all season. I got in there, deer come through, stepped through one of the five trails, looked at me in the blind, I'm good. No, she didn't spook or nothing like that. All I need for her is to turn her head 30 seconds for me to draw back. That's all I need for her to do. Just look away one good time so I can draw back. Mm-hmm. Man, she was standing 15 yards broadside, and it was a quiet, it was real quiet, no wind. All of a sudden, a gust of wind comes through and smacks her right in the face. It's a crosswind now, so it ain't like mm-hmm. it's blowing you know, my scent to her or anything like that. It's a crosswind mm-hmm. that came smacked in the face. She looked, she kind of stopped that crosswind hit her and then she just bounced right back off. She didn't circle around or nothing. They got back in the woods and started blowing. And I was just like, that was it. That, yeah. that was, the, that was yeah. the, the first time, first morning. That was right. that one time. Like you say, right. like, now I got to let it cool off. I got to, um, right. I got a drip going, and I've had a couple well, of bucks. Well, deer have a sixth sense, man. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, they're a creature of prey, so they, they got a sixth sense. I mean, they, she was they can feel your adrenaline. They can feel your super heartbeat. Super nervous. Yes. Super nervous. And I'm like, yes. what gave it away? Like, what gave the gig up? Well, see, I'm going to tell you, based on my experience, you know, a deer has no natural enemies in the air. Right. And from hunting in Hancock County, I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, hey, they got a scholarship program, and all deer in Hancock County have been to college, <laughs> especially the mature does and the mature bucks. They are smart. They are. I mean, and they've been to college, and they will, I mean, a mature doe is a little bit more, she's a little bit more spookier than a mature buck. She will tell on you quick so i hunt high i won't hunt a spot unless i can get 25 feet high that was gonna be my next question in the climb yeah how high yeah. do you go because i got another Dude, when I'm bow hunting, I, 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 I float between 25 Whew. between 25 and 30 good night dude. i won't hunt a spot unless i can get at least 25 in hancock County. that don't mess with uh-huh. your angle you don't worry about no. your angles no uh-uh. wow no it, it, it actually give you it actually give you a couple yards on the, on the bowl. Like if you're in a ground blind, mm-hmm. a thirty yard shot is a thirty yard shot. Right. Twenty five yard shot is a twenty five yard shot. Right. Well, in 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 a tree and you up twenty five feet, a twenty five yard shot is with your twenty yard pin. A thirty yard shot, you can get away with twenty five yard shot because gravity is not pulling on the arrow straight across the plane. You're shooting from up. Right. So you're cheating gravity a little bit. Right. No, I, yep, I see what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, so it it it, it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt your angles. It, it actually it actually helps you some. Now the only time, if you, you know, the longer actually acts of bowls, you have to set your stand to where when you if you have to, you know, lean down some that your stream don't or your cam don't bump up against right, your stand. Right, you got to mm-hmm. clear. Make sure you got enough clearance room. Nah. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple of buddies that like to hunt 25, 30. I tell them they up, they high-fiving God because, ooh, 
Oh man, if I if I'm hunting with a rifle on the edge of a clear cut, I climb. I keep I have a fifty foot rope on my stand, and I will climb. I climb forty feet. I, I climb. Damn, Corey. Man. Yeah, yeah. When you trust your equipment, you take care of your equipment. It's, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. And of no, course, that's I, that's the experience. Now, when you first started climbing, what was your comfort zone? Twenty five feet. My dad taught me to hunt high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, I got up. See, my, my dad wasn't a big bow hunter. Okay. He was a big rifle guy? Yeah, he was a big rifle guy. He was a bow hunter, mm-hmm. you know, but most of the time, during bow season, he's doing projects around the camp. Sure. You know, stuff like that. He wasn't really hunting like that. But once the rifle season started, mm-hmm. that's when. Now, now, Mr. Clifford, he, he taught me, uh, and my Uncle Theron, I, I really want to say a lot about him because he got me started bow hunting. Mm-hmm. He would he would come by the house on Thanksgiving Day. I never forget. Every Thanksgiving Day he'd come by the house. So my dad might, my dad might not get up. So I one this one Thanksgiving Day, I want to say I was fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. My uncle Darren came by, and I knew my dad wasn't gonna get up because I knew how late he had stayed up. They was cooking frying turkeys and. And they was out there, and they was talking junk, and they were, you know, having a good time. Oh, yeah. And my Uncle Theron showed up. My dad wouldn't get up. So Uncle Theron, I got my stuff ready. And I had my tree stand. <laughs> I had my bow. I had everything by the front door. Uh-huh. And so we went to this place. It was in the cab County. And he said it was it was a, a acorn grove, but it was surrounded by a cousin patch. So we hunted that morning. He walked me to my tree, and we hunted that morning. And he got down. He came to my tree. He said, "Well, the deer bed is over there in the kudzu." He said, "What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna circle around the back side." He said, "They're gonna come through here." And I mean, I can remember, I can remember just as clear that he said they're gonna come through here, and they're gonna be, they might be running, they might be trying. But if you whistle, if you whistle, let them there stop. Mm-hmm. He said, "Whistle," and by the time you whistle, go ahead on draw back, and they'll stop, and you'll have a shot. So I was ready. He circled around, and just like he said, here they come. It was two does and like a little six pointer. Mm-hmm. And I drew that bow back and I whistled. And that, that six pointer, he stopped. And I drew back and I let that arrow go. And I missed that joker just as <laughs> sure as Grits is ghostly. <laughs> but he did everything my uncle said he was going to do. Right. He stopped. Right. But I missed him, you know, and I got my first shot and I was hooked there since then, man. Man. Because bow hunting, bow hunting to me, man, is a different adrenaline rush. Like the past, I'm gonna say the past. I went five or six years without, without even hunting with a gun mm-hmm. during gun season. And still, I mean, my my numbers never went down as far as my kills. Uh-huh. I still hunt with a bow, and it's like we we help, we host an event at our club area um, called the Men of Color Archery Tournament. I saw that. Um, I saw that. Yeah. I wish yeah, I would have uh, saw it, that it was, before because it's a rat. Matter of fact, it. If the post going along the put when I saw the post just going through looking at stuff, it happens mm-hmm. right around my birthday, like at the end of August. I wish I would have yes, saw that because yes. <laughs> I yes. would have hit that, you up. A, yes, and that's a brainchild. That's a brainchild of one of my members, um, Mr. Esau Bright. He he came up with that idea, mm-hmm. and the first year he had it, he had it at another spot, and my dad said, "Hey man, we can host that every year." So we've been having it every year since then. That's awesome. And the 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 first one I went to, 
the first one we hosted at our club, you know, as far as like the club, I mean, I was, I was real good with the ball. About the only one who could probably beat me was Mr. Clifford mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Mr. Clifford had been a pro before. And so we, we, we was all gearing up for the tournament. Guys came from everywhere where they brought a, a guy that had been shooting a long time. That's a good friend of mine still to this day, a guy named Michael Kane. Mm-hmm. And, Michael Kane, you know, he had been shooting tournaments and stuff. I had never shot a tournament. The first tournament I ever shot was the one we hosted at our club. And they brought Michael Kane and yeah, we got somebody for you today. We got man. And me and me and Michael Kane, we battled it out all the way. We were tied going into the last t- target. And I hit an eight and he hit a ten. And he beat me. That right there, it, it really, it really hooked me. So I started in the beginner's class, mm-hmm. um, started shooting tournaments, and that was in 2007. And in 2014, I won my way all the way up to the pro class. Wow. Yeah. So I, I shoot I shoot pro in archery now. I shoot all the guys on TV you see, Tim Gillingham, Levi Morgan, I shoot with them. Now, where are you, where are you going for those tournaments? Where, where are those? Uh... They, they have, it's, it's an ASA. Mm-hmm. So they have they have one um, they have one in um, it starts off like somewhere south like they having like Gulf Shores Alabama and then it goes to Kentucky mm-hmm. Augusta um, it goes far west as Texas um, as far north the farthest one they have north is Illinois okay go yep. to Illinois mm-hmm. yeah yep. it's, it's it's a great experience I man it really is I mean I've been trying to get some more guys to my club to get in on it because. When I first started doing it, I just wanted to practice for both seasons. Right. But I got hooked. I mean, they got me hooked, <laughs> line, and sinker, man. Now, do you have a tournament bow and a hunting bow, or you just yes. want one rig? Okay. What you shooting? Nah. Uh, shooting a, for hunting, I'm shooting a, a Matthews Halon 5. Okay. And uh, for tournaments, I got a uh, Matthews TRS-38. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I shoot the Halon 6. I went, tried to shoot a triax and again learning you you forever learning you know mm-hmm. i was like i want the latest greatest you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna get a triax i didn't get rid of my halon though i was like i'm gonna hold on to it just in yeah, case you did. you did right you did <laughs> just <right>. in case <laughs> and i right. got that triax and i was like because you know i like hunting ground blinds 28 inch ata mm-hmm. oh it's gonna be mm-hmm. great better than above i'm six foot right. i need a longer brace you got a long draw length yes probably. Yes. yes, and so mm-hmm. I killed a turkey in Nebraska with that triax, and mm. that was it. And was that I, a Miriam's turkey? Yeah, or was it? Yep. I never killed a Miriam's. I Love mean, I'm, you wouldn't believe it, but I've never hunted outside of Georgia. Man, you know what? The only reason I got to hunt so much when I, I was living in the Midwest. And it was because mm-hmm. of work. I was living in the Midwest because of work. And when I would have off days, I was like, well, shoot, I ain't going to be able to go back home to hunt or go back to Georgia to hunt. So mm-hmm. I, I might as well see if I can hunt somewhere around here. And, you right. know, it, it was easy enough. I don't mind taking road trips. Mm-hmm. So, and I found, you know, a couple of outfitters that was really good. And, like, my guy that would, um, I would go out with goose hunting and stuff. I'd go, like, every other week or whatnot. We kill mm-hmm. our limit, have a good time. So, mm-hmm. and it was that's the only reason why. And then being back home now, 
you know, because I got my my own spot, it's like I want to conquer my own spot first. There you go. And there you go. Then... So let me ask your opinion on something. <laughs> let me ask your opinion on something. I hate to cut you off. No, no, no. You good. What's up? Hunting in Georgia. Yeah. Versus hunting in the Midwest. Which one is easier? Oh, boy. Okay. From a deer standpoint, bigger deer are in Wisconsin. There's just no oh, doubt yeah. about it. No doubt. I know. I'm, I'm talking There's about. No I'm doubt talking about, about which one is easier to kill a kill a trophy buck in Georgia versus to kill a trophy buck in the Midwest. Which one you think is harder to do? I think it's harder in Georgia because there ain't that many of them. It's harder. And mm. and and it. Yeah, I have to. I would say Georgia because. All right. Yeah. In, I agree with you. And. In Wisconsin, it's a numbers game. It, you gonna see one twenty fives, one thirties, right? You know, Georgia, you'll see. You know, they they're especially in Metro Atlanta. That's one thing that always surprises me: the size of the deer in Metro Atlanta. I get why they are big as they are, mm. but it's a numbers game. Like, so that's why I think. You know, it's a lot harder, hell of a lot harder down here. And then you got things, you got just other things to factor into down here that you don't, you know, you yeah. have a longer time down here. Yeah. Like if you want to get mm-hmm. out early enough, but God mm-hmm. dang it, you got to be a soldier to get out there that first week of oh, both yeah. season. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. from that standpoint, from deer, from a deer-wise, yeah. Now, like when it comes to waterfowl, like ducks and mm-hmm. geese and stuff, mm-hmm. definitely better hunting in Wisconsin. Oh yeah, well they got the definitely. they got cornfields that they can flood. Yeah, well flood the plains, and yeah. then and then even in Illinois, when we used to hunt geese, you know, we get in pit blinds in cornfields mm-hmm. and stuff, and they build the blinds in the middle of the cornfield, so they cut a cornfield, right. and the geese right. eventually they gonna come. They gonna mm-hmm. come exactly. So, but yeah. See what I was saying, because when we go to Illinois for mm-hmm. the ASA, mm-hmm. you know, we we go and we shoot all day, and then we go and shower up, go get dinner, and then we grab our binoculars and jump in the truck, mm-hmm. and we ride around to these fields. And you see, the, you just see some amazing deer. Mm-hmm. You see these 160, 180, 200 inch deer, mm-hmm. and they're standing by this little five acre patch of wood that's surrounded by a <laughs> hundred right. acres of soybean. Right. Right. And I and you know I remember telling a buddy of mine, I said, "Man, it's easy hunting up here." He said, "Well, how you figure?" I said, "Because when they get through eating soybean, they're gonna go lay down in that little five acre patch of wood. Right. It's just a matter of he gonna win you when he come in there. Right. But I said when you hunting in Georgia and you got a, you got five acres of food plots and then you got a hundred acres of mixed right. pines, pines and, and hardwoods. Yep. They got more places to hide. <laughs> yep." Yep. Them deer get them deer get to be smart. And it's it's big deal. It's big deal in Georgia. They're a little bit more few and far between because of less agriculture. hmm You know what I mean? Right. But it's it's big deal. It's big deal here. You just gotta catch them. They smart, man. Yeah. No, I I'm trust me, I'm finding out the hard way. I missed one literally by five minutes last year. I got it wow. on on my phone. I went in it was December, so I was putting down, I had a drag, and I was putting, um, setting up the drag, and I got in the blind, and I heard him, um, but it, I didn't think much of it. I was like, he's going to smell this, and he's going to come back. 
and he just never came back. And I sat in the blind, and about 8 o'clock, I got a picture on my phone, 6.45, of him standing there, 6.50, a picture of the back of my backpack going to hang the drag. I missed him by five minutes. It still haunts me to this day. And then my neighbor behind me showed me a picture over the summer where somebody shot him with a gun. He was not his rack wasn't that much, but that was a healthy some bitch. He had to be old at least. I know people tell tall tales all the time, but he had to be at least two hundred fifty pounds. He was a fat joker. Wow. Yeah, six point. Like I said, antlers wasn't that no antlers. I mean, they was nice size antlers, but it wasn't like for a deer that big. You would think you know the rack would be like amazing or whatever. Right, right, right. But. He was a fat joker. Still haunts me to this day. Five minutes, I missed him. But, mm. you know, it's a numbers game. It's a time game. How much time you can spend in the woods, how much time you can get out there. Since I moved back to Georgia, I've been able to hunt my space, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit more than when I was working up north. But my thing is, is I just, I want to conquer it, and I'm still figuring it out. And I'm and I'm going right. to crack the code. It's oh, just, you're going to get it. It's just a matter of time. I'll tell you something that Mr. Clifford always told me, even when he first started teaching me how to hunt. Mm-hmm. He said, that deer out there for his life, you out here for fun. Right. You make a mistake, you come back and do it again tomorrow. He make a mistake, he dead. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? A good, that's a damn good <laughs> way to look at it. Yeah. That's, a, that's why when I tell people, they was like, oh, you scared to go hunt bears or you scared to go hunt cougars? Mm, I just don't have the desire to hunt anything that kills for a living. Right. <laughs> it's just right. not my cup of tea. Like right. deer, hogs, turkeys, ducks, that's fun to me. Like, mm-hmm. And I know what, you know, like we talked about what hogs can do to a property, but from right. a, from just a fun sportsman standpoint, I love mm-hmm. hunting hogs with a bow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, I mean, you're helping yourself out every hog you kill. Right. You know, yeah. but mm-hmm. so... But man, couple more, and then I'm gonna get you get you out of here. I'm okay, really enjoying okay. this, man. Okay. Club records. You guys keep like a record book. Y'all got any kind of like plaques, championship yes, belts, yes. anything we give like a, that? Yes, we give a we give a trophy that's probably about waist high. Okay. Mr. Clifford every year. That's what he do. He go and he buy this big old trophy, and he we give a trophy. To the biggest buck killed all year, and we give a trophy, a smaller trophy to the biggest buck killed on opening day. Okay. With gun seeds. And man, it's a, it's, I mean, it's an experience trying to see. Sometimes it's a gift and a curse because you know how brothers are, we're going to compete. Right. We're going to compete. But it's, it's, you know, when you, when you, you come out the woods, you're standing by the skinny rack on opening day. And you, People bringing deer in, you want to know what's coming around the corner next. Mm-hmm. You know who killed something big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that the technology got involved, we got the group me. So guys take picture when they get to their kill. They taking the picture like, "Hey, look what I got!" <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a fun. Um, let's see. I have won that trophy four times. Wow. I have won it twice with the bow, once with the muzzleloader, and one with the rifle. Okay. My brother Anthony. He has won it twice. Esau um, Bright has won it twice. And then I don't think anyone else has won it twice. We have guys that have, other guys that have won it. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody else. We the only people that want it more than once. Man, y'all. Sound like to me it's a family affair, and y'all kind of got a leg it, up it on is, the uh, on the other members. Yeah, let me tell you. Nah, I mean, <laughs> I, t- I taught my brother how to hunt. Okay. Me, me, and Mr. Clifford, we taught my brother how to hunt. Okay. And I, I tell you, I, you know, I want to tell you one thing. It, I'm gonna take you back to 2008. We getting, we getting ready for the deer season in 2008. And September first, two thousand eight, my father passed. Oh, and yeah, and when you know when he passed, it 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 tore us up, man. It it tore the club up. I ain't gonna lie. It it was guys didn't know how to handle it because it was like, what what are we gonna do? Right. How how we gonna keep our land? How we gonna keep our property? And I mean, it, it, I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. It it was like a, it was like somebody took a, took a sword and just cut us in half. I ain't gonna lie. Um, but a lot of guys. I mean, what my dad was doing, I couldn't understand why he was living. Mm-hmm. I would be, I'd be hanging out. He said, "Hey, man, come by the house, pick up this envelope. I need you to drop it off to this person. Hey, come get this. I need you to drop it off to this person." Uh, I need you to ride with me. We're going to this family reunion. We got to pay these people. And I'm like, well, why you? I'm, I'm trying to do other things. You know, I was young. I'm trying to do other things. I, I I didn't have time for that. You know, I ain't the president of this club. You are. Why you want me to do this stuff? Well, I figured it out when it was too late. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, the whole time he was grooming me. So you could take over. Well... And, I ain't gonna say so I could take over, but just so I know what needed to be done. Right, right. Maybe who, take who, right who I needed to be who needed to be seen. Right, there you that right. Take over might not take over not the right word, but he was like you say he was grooming you and you were sitting under the learning tree, and it's like this is why right and showing right. you. Yep, there you go, there you go. And um, so when he passed, after after he passed, you know, like it was guys that was in the frenzy. Like, what are we going to do? You know, you know, and it, it, as hurtful as it is, man, at my dad's funeral, it was guy talking about what we're going to do with the hunt club. <laughs> I don't think that was the appropriate time, time for Yeah, right. Yeah, but, Jesus. you know, it, it, it went on. Right. And so after that, you know, two weeks later, the hunting season started. And, you know, it was a guy that was, it was a guy that was the vice president. And, you know, I guess he was slotted to take over the club, and I was cool with that. Mm-hmm. Until, you know, some members showed up, and there was a lock on the gate. There wasn't no gate there before. And so they called him, like, hey, there's a lock on this gate. You know, what What we need to do? He's like, I don't know. Call Corey. Well, they called me, and I was able to get the land on on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Right. And she's like, hey, that gate ain't supposed to be there. Cut it. Y'all got it. You know what I mean? Right. Told him, called him back, told him to cut it. So when we had the meeting, those guys spoke up like, hey, this happened. And Corey was going to get the land on the phone. You know, Corey got all the records. Corey don't remember writing the text the last five years. Involuntarily now. Right. You know, I was being made to do it. but So they voted me to be the club president. Right. And it was, it, I ain't going to lie, it was some guys that just couldn't handle that. I was the youngest person in the club. And there's some guys that just can't handle that. And I think grief from my dad had a lot to do with it. A lot of people don't handle grief the same way. Right, right. You Every, see what I'm saying? Everybody grieve. 
in their own yeah, way. Yep. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. So the club, I ain't going to say the club split, but we lost a few guys. And they went and they started their own little club. But it was like I lost contact with some guys I really, really cared about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I really do. I mean, they was like brothers to me. And they decided to go the other way. And I'm cool with that. But, you know, my sole goal in this Buck Wild Hunt Club thing is preserving my daddy's legacy and Mr. Clipper's legacy and, you know, those original five guys. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, in, in the ancient Egyptian times, and I ain't gonna, I don't want to get too long-winded because I'm probably going to get emotional, but when Pharaoh died, his son took over and would build cities with his name on it. So that's my goal. If you know what I mean. Right. I'm with you. Yeah. Man, that's whew, that's some heavy stuff, boy. But ain't nothing like being able, like I said, to build, to have a legacy built yes. and then to be able to yes. come in and to continue. I yes. was reading it. It's funny because I was looking at your about you, the about page for the club, and I mm-hmm. saw that about, you know, like preserving the legacy and, yeah. con- and, yes. and conservation and stuff, yes. and I was just like, wow. they, yes. Whatever they doing down in Sparta, they got it together. Yeah, and so. I'm going to tell you, man, I got a I got a good group of guys, man. I got some guys. I got some guys that's behind me, that's behind the club 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when things went down after my dad died and my brother Anthony, I mean, he stood right beside me. And um, I got, you know, Mervin. He's one, Mervin Tripp. He's one of my officers. He's he's over grounds and equipment, and he keeps the place. I mean, he plants the food plots. You know, we assist them, of course, but, right. you know, man, we got to track the Nelly Bear. I know you've seen the video. I saw it. Nelly Bear. I saw it. Mervin won't let me get on Nelly Bear. He won't even let me get on the on track. Man. He say, but say, where the air conditioning? Ain't no air conditioning. Where the radio? Ain't no air conditioning. Where the radio? Ain't no radio. We don't yeah, play the radio. radio. Right. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, I want uh, Tony Daniels. That's my safety manager. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Uh, Big Tony Harden. That's our secretary. Um, Big Brad. That's our treasurer. Uh, I mean, we 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 are a rock. You hear me? Yeah. No, and, I, it, it's apparent. It is yes. apparent, man. Yes. And I, I got a great group of members. Of course, we bump heads at times, but we're a family. Family gonna do that. Sure. And as long as you can work it out, then mm-hmm. that's yeah. We got guys from all walks of life. We got ex-military. We got police officers. We got we got guys from everywhere, man, but we all got one common goal. And that's to keep this thing going because uh and and I don't don't take this wrong, but if you look at TV, sometimes you just don't think a lot of us are into this. Well, it, exactly. And as as I have mm-hmm. said on numerous occasions and I won't, you know, go into a dissertation right now, but that's the mm-hmm. whole thing about Bryantland and the Bryantland right. brand and stuff is just I just right. go around and I take a flashlight and just shine it on yes. people that normally yes. Yes. wouldn't get the light or wouldn't, you know, never, you know, heard about. You know, when you talk about yes. hunt clubs and yes. stuff, there's a rich history of black hunt clubs. But oh, you, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, really wouldn't know that. If one of the oldest hunt clubs in Georgia is one of the oldest hunt club in Georgia is um, 
a black hunting club in Sparta by the name of Dogwood Hunting Club. Yep. One of the oldest hunting clubs in Georgia. They they've been around longer than we have. When I I mean when I first signed on with Matthews, I was the only one of us on their staff in the nation. Mm. Uh, I'm the only one of us in the pro class in the nation. And you know you, it, you know that it, we we do this right, right. And and, it, and it needs to be brought to the forefront. You know I, I don't have anything against anybody else, but it needs to be acknowledged that we do this as well. I mean we we are spending our dollars. Yep. Um, we are buying the products. We are we are telling our buddies about the products. We are we are big stewards of the land. Right. Um, it needs to be acknowledged that we do this. So that's and that's why, like with the podcast and some of the other videos and stuff mm-hmm. that I've done. My background is in media, so mm-hmm. I've always, you know, been gravitated. I'm a director by trade. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I love okay. it to death mm-hmm. and then I got into hunting like like I said about four or five years ago and I mm-hmm. I grew up in South Carolina you know grew up in the country but just never really mm-hmm. hunted and got into hunting right. about four or five years ago and I was given a, a vision to kind of combine my at the time my new quote-unquote hobby with what mm-hmm. I with what I love which is media right. and television so right. and any any of the ways that you know I can do it and make my contribution, that's that's what we and, try to and, do. And you are a blessing, man. You are a blessing to to those of us out there that don't I ain't gonna say don't have a voice, but don't get it knowledge. You know. You know what I mean? I, I mean I when when I, I remember my interview with Matthews and I was getting signed on to Matthews, he was like, Well yeah, man, it's a rarity to see us and no, it's not a rarity to me. I run a club of thirty five of us. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And that's and that's my thing. Like, you know, when right. people say like it's you know, like it's rare or you don't see it. I always tell people, you don't see it, but it's been around. Everybody oh, it's been around. Everybody ain't trying to be on T V or trying to be on social media and right. publicize it. There is a large right. group of the population right. that looks like me and you that do this like for real. For, and we do it because we love it. Because you love exactly. it. Exactly. And there's a strong segment of the population that still do it because they have to. They farm, they hunt. It's yes. a part, it's a way yes. of life. For somebody yes. like me, it's a yes. sport. I love it for the sport yes. of it. Like, I can go and buy something out the store if I need to. I always tell people all right. the time, I joke all the time, if I had to feed my family based off of solely hunting, we'd be starving. I do this for fun. Like I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I don't have it twisted. I enjoy it. It's relaxing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. but man, I've enjoyed this course. Thank you for coming on. Let people know where they can find. I found you on Facebook, but where y'all at? Y'all on Instagram or y'all on Facebook? No, we don't. We don't have Instagram yet. You can find us at Facebook, but Wild Hunting Club. We are, you know, we're located in Hancock County, Georgia, Sparta, Georgia, and we always welcome. We always welcome other brothers that want to come down. If you want to learn, if you want to get into hunting, we got a solid group of guys that will walk you through it, that will teach you. The brotherhood at Buckwild Hunting Club is unmatched. And I think that you'll learn. And for you, sir, I want to extend an invitation to you that anytime you want to come by, I didn't know you were right next door in Warren County. Anytime you welcome, anytime to come down and fellowship with us and break bread. You want to come down and hunt a different spot. You are more than welcome. 
Man, I appreciate that. We definitely we we gonna definitely conversate about that offline, Corey. I appreciate yes, it, bro. Sir. Appreciate yes, it. All right. Yes, sir. I'll be All talking right, man. to Have you. A good one. All right, you too. Now. All right. Bye bye. Brightland. All right. One more time, I want to say thank you to Corey Bryant, president of the Buck Wild Hunt Club. Man, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Just kicking back, getting some knowledge, man. Learning some more about this hunting thing learning some more about the history of their hunt club, man. They sound like they got a good thing going down there in Hancock County in Sparta, and there's a strong possibility that me and Corey are going to link up and we're going to find out some more about what's going on down there at the Buckwild Hunting Club, man. I appreciate the uh, hospitality and the invitation already from those guys down there, so I may have to take some time out and check it out and see what's up. Before I get ready to get out of here, I want to just remind y'all, BryantLandCountry.com is the website, BryantLandCountry.com. We got merch, we got videos, everything Bryantland is right there on BryantLandCountry.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give us that five-star rating if you're listening on the Apple Podcast gimmick. And just make sure you're telling everybody, tell five people to tell five more people about this podcast. We're going to roll out. A little promotion here probably in the next week or so. So be on the lookout for that. And I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. And I will catch you guys next week on another episode of the Bryant Land Country Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bryant Land Country Podcast, hosted by AB3. Please leave us a positive review and five-star rating on iTunes. Be sure to check out our podcast section on our website, bryantlandcountry.com, for previous podcasts. Check us out on Instagram at Official Bryant Land and Twitter at 3 Land. This has been an AB3 Media Production. Join us next time for another edition of the Bryant Land Country Podcast. <laughs>